Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball. I'm your host, Curveball, and today I am joined by Danny Coleman. We are going to talk about his story, how he went from riches to rags and now is working his way back to riches. He is a musician, a podcaster, and an entertainment journalist. So we're going to be talking about how he is rebuilding his life at the age of 57 and what it takes for him to be able to keep going after all that he's went through. Danny, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, thank you, Kerb. Well, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit of background about yourself, maybe where you're from and anything else you might like us to know about you? Well, I was actually, I was born on uh, a Marine base in Beaufort, South Carolina, Paris Island. My father was in the Marine Corps. My whole family was from the Trenton, uh, uh, Trenton, New Jersey area, Hamilton Township. When I was about two, we came back up here. And I've been back home ever since. I became a musician at the age of 11 and a half. At the age of 12, my cousin, who was several years older than me, gave me Led Zeppelin four, which totally changed my life, literally changed my life forever. Um, I began diversifying into my, uh, my musical tastes. I was in the high school marching band, high school concert band. Uh, I've been in playing in bands all my life, pop bands, rock bands, blues bands. I love to play the blues. I worked uh, for the Wall Street Journal for eight years right out of high school, Dow Jones and Company. And then I went and worked for United Parcel Service as a driver in the state of New Jersey's capital here, downtown Trenton. And until I couldn't anymore, because I woke up one morning and just didn't feel right. and Never made it to work. I collapsed on my way to my vehicle with four herniated discs and blood in my spine. And uh, nine months later, I had surgery and I was no longer able to be a UPS driver. Now, in between all that, that's the Reader's Digest version, but I was married. I had children. I have two children. I have a son who is 28, a daughter who is 25. Uh, I now have an ex-wife uh, who uh, in the, the divorce was less than stellar. So between the divorce and the uh, back injury, I went nearly bankrupt and uh, almost three days away from being homeless. After I had hurt my back, I, I decided to return to my first love, which was music. And radio, because I had actually attended a broadcasting school in Trenton uh, called the Alan Singer School of Broadcasting. And when I graduated from that, I thought to myself, this is great. 
but radio couldn't give me the hours or the salary or benefits that I was making working for the Wall Street Journal. So I kind of put it to the side. Well, when my back gave out, I revisited it. And here we are today. I, 12 years I've been doing rock on radio. It'll be 12 years, April 26th of this year. I now host a blues radio program. Again, I love playing blues music. I've been doing that since January of 2020. So that's been on the air for just over a year. And uh, that's every Monday night, 7 o'clock, and uh, Eastern Time. And I've, I've done some work for an internet radio station that has a great old, had a great oldies format. I'm an entertainment journalist. This all came off the radio show and the music. I began writing for a local newspaper and I made a lot of really good contacts and I have talked with people I only dreamed of seeing in concert when I was a kid. And now they're pretty much like my peers. So it's been a really cool journey. So let's talk about your musician days. What got you into being a musician and what fueled your passion for that at age 11? Well, <laughs> when I, uh, when I was a kid growing up, my parents are, uh, they were young when they got married and I came along about a year after they were married, uh, a little more than a year after they were married. So my parents consequently are only 20 and 23 years older than me. So growing up in the house, my mom always listened to Elvis and Creedence Clearwater Revival. And my dad listened to things like the Platters and Charlie uh, Pride, Charlie Rich. And he loved rock and roll music, too. So there was always music on in my house. And nobody was a musician. My grandfather had a... Uh, a, a zither <laughs> that we used to play with as kids. And he had a 1910 Victrola in this garage, just sitting there that we used to crank up the records and play. And I just began to love music. And then I was 11 and I was at a, my mother's cousin's wedding. And I just became infatuated with the drummer. And at the end of the night, he must have known that I couldn't stop watching him play. And he gave me his sticks and he said, you know what? I hope you get some use out of them or something. I can't remember the exact quote, but it was along those lines. A few months later, I started to take drum lessons. And the rest was history. So are the drums the only instrument that you play or do you play other type of instruments? Well, I play the drums. I also do Latin percussion, so congas, bongos, timbales, a lot of hand percussion, things of that nature. Uh, I, a little bit of guitar, a little bit of harmonica, but not enough to, uh, to, to mention, really. Do you have any current bands that you're playing in or any current gigs that you're working on right now? Right now, no. With COVID, there's not a lot of... Uh, things going on, especially here in New Jersey. Our governor's been uh, really tough on that sort of thing. So uh, there's not much happening. Uh, I do have some things in the works, but nothing that's concrete right now. Okay. Well, we know you went from riches to rags and now 
you're making it back up to riches. Let's talk about what you did after everything happened to you to rebuild your life, to work your way back up to riches. Yeah, that was not easy. Um, You know, working at UPS, when I went through my divorce, uh, which was very difficult for me, uh, the circumstances surrounding it and what led up to it, it really took a toll on me financially. And then two years after it was finalized is when my back gave out. So I was faced with three years of unemployment. I'd never been unemployed in my life. And I still had child support and alimony to pay. Uh, The alimony went away because I had no income. I was living out of my savings account. And it eventually wasn't there anymore. There was a time, Kerbal, when I was down to $17 to my name between two accounts, savings and checking. And I, as I said, three days from being homeless, didn't know how I was going to pay my bills. And uh, I just, I never gave up. I never quit. I even began just stopping in a small chapel every morning just to say a, a prayer. And you know what? Here you go. I turn it over to you. I can't, you know, I, <laughs> some people claim, oh, I found God. I found, no, it's not the case, but you it's very freeing when you allow a higher power to help give you the confidence or give you the ability to alter your own course. And that's kind of what happened with me. I just realized that I'm done. There's nothing I can do about it. Here you go, Lord. It's up to you now. I put myself in your hands. Two days after I turned it all over to uh, essentially to God and said, I'm out of options. Help me out. A buddy of mine from high school called me and said, hey, I heard you're, you're, you're kind of struggling. Uh, why don't you come stay with me till you get on your feet? And he took me in and allowed me to stay there rent-free for quite a while until I got myself back up on my feet. Uh, so it's it's been a struggle, but the key element, as I said earlier, is I never gave up and I never quit. And I'm, I've actually got money back in the bank, and uh, I have uh, several sources of income, and I'm on my way back. Well, let's talk about your radio shows and and all that you're doing and everything that you got going on. Tell us about your podcast. Tell us all things Danny Coleman. Oh, well, the radio show was born out of necessity when I hurt my back and I revisited um, radio. I saw happened to see an ad as I was looking for other jobs. And the ad said... Radio show hosts, ideas wanted. It was a local AM station down in southern New Jersey. So I made a call and the guy agreed to see me. I pitched the program, which is Rock On Radio. I interview. It started as an hour. Now it's a two-hour program. But I interview a local band or unsigned uh, artist entertainers i've done comics i've done authors actors actresses but it's mostly musicians they come in two-hour interview live performance 
I, I spend stuff off their CDs. I, I, I play their records. And it gives them two hours to get their music out there. It gives them two hours to find out more about the artist as a person than as just their music. Uh, you know, most stations only give people 15, 20 minutes, maybe a half hour. I give them two hours to get their 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 words out, uh, the the word about their music and their and their product out there, and it's been very rewarding. It really has. It's been very rewarding. Uh, I have a great producer named Claire Henwood, a great engineer named Art Ackerman, uh, and the station is coaradio.com. I was on AM radio for three years and realized nobody's listening to me on AM radio. They're all listening to me on their computers. So when the station went back to gospel, the, the station switched back to their prior format of gospel music. My show really didn't fit. So I moved to internet radio and I've been there for nine years. A couple of different stations, but right now it's coaradio.com every Sunday evening, 7 p.m. Eastern. You can hear me interview various artists. Sometimes I get big names to call the program. Uh, people who are established, old classic rockers. Um, I've had everybody from um, uh, members of Blue Oyster Cult to Gloria Gaynor call my show. Uh, it's 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 very rewarding. It's a lot of fun, and I love helping out other musicians. From that, I became the entertainment journalist, starting to write for the newspaper. Uh, because the guy that was doing the the column for the local paper. Uh, he quit. I called somebody up I knew, and they said, yeah, send, you know what? Let's see what you got. Send something in. I sent it in. They said, you can start next week. Did that for about four years as a freelancer. They laid all the freelancers off. And now I work for New Jersey Stage Magazine. A gentleman named Gary Wee, my editor, fantastic guy. I've been writing for him uh, since 2014. So about seven years or so 2013 2013 so eight years and he gives me great liberties allows me to feature anybody and anything i want and he's fantastic to work for uh from that came danny coleman's got the blues which is done on a local college radio station that's on fm hd2 radio and it's online at jazzon2.org that's monday night 7 p.m eastern time so I'm kind of all over the place and everywhere. I MC things. I, I do a lot of different things to to continuously keep myself busy and, and hopefully to to generate a revenue stream through advertising that I donate most of that now to charity. Uh, and, but you know, sometimes and I have to take care of the people that work for me too, but uh, in various ways. So yeah, that's where I'm at. So let's talk about how radio has changed because it sounds like you've been in it for a while and there's been some huge changes in the past few years that radio was already tough, but now it's even tougher. Talk about those changes and how tough it is, especially doing internet radio or radio period these days. Things are not uh, easy uh, with radio because it's starting to go by the wayside. People get their information very few people own radios even today. In case in point, my blue show, the second week it was on, the college had a problem with the online stream. 
So I said to my buddy, he's like, I can't hear your blue show. I said, turn it on the radio. He said, we don't even own a radio. So uh, when I went internet radio nine years ago, it was a battle. It's still a struggle because there's a, there's a, a sense of illegitimacy with online radio because it always had a bad rap, like it was a hobby or people or some guys sitting around in a, in a white, you know, T-shirt and and his underwear in the living room, uh, creating this radio show. People have very much dinosaur mentality in a lot of ways because if you can't get it on the car dial, if you can't get it, if it doesn't have numbers, it's not real radio. Uh, same thing with newspapers. People like to see their name in print. They don't want to. To have to scroll through it on the phone and then print it out, you know, to save it. It's it's uh, we're kind of in flux, but as as I've really seen a huge change over probably the last year or so, where internet radio has become incredibly important as as the primary source of radio, because not many people listen to the radio in the car; they're listening to satellite radio, they're listening to Podcasts. Radio is not just let me hit this button and tune it in. There's various forms. Internet radio has made great strides and inroads to actually be a legitimate player in the internet. Absolutely. And I'm definitely on internet radio, and so are a lot of my friends. How how hard do you think it is to monetize and get the listeners that you need to monetize? And how have you been able to get over that hump? Well, that's the problem because there is that air of illegitimacy. Oh, it's internet radio. Well, how many listeners do you have? Well, you really can't tell. Nobody has come up with a really good program yet to, to monitor the amount of listeners. I, you could tell how many how many people click on it, and you could tell how many listen for how long, but you can't tell how many people actually listen. It's the weirdest thing. Uh, you know, people say if if you're averaging X amount, you know, you show up in the Alexa ratings, and that may be so, but it's very difficult. You can't go to sponsors and say I have an internet radio program pay me a lot of money because they're going to say, well, how many listeners do you have? And you're going to say, well, I'm not sure. It varies. It's this, it's that. When terrestrial radio could reach you know, hundreds of thousands of people in, in a certain area. So terrestrial radio still has targeted ability to do that. Internet radio, not so much. So the key with internet radio is to go in there and be honest. Look, if you go to an FM station, if you go to an AM, the AM station I was on used to charge 600 bucks to have an ad read three times in 24 hours. That's a lot of money. You can't do that with internet radio. I spoke with the uh, head of all programming, vice president of all programming for Sirius XM some time back. And he said to me, do you have a sponsor willing to pay $600 an hour? 600 bucks seems to be the going rate. But you're not going to get that for internet radio. So you don't want to undercut 
prices. But on the other hand, you have to give these people what it is they're expecting. Look, you know what? Give me $50 a show instead of $600. i have got 10 affiliates. So your ad is going to be replayed not only live on my station, but every time my station, which is three times a week, re-airs my show, it'll be played then. Plus, all my affiliates are going to play your ad. So your ad is going to be heard literally all over the globe all the time, seven days a week for 50 bucks. A show. Buy four shows, I'll, I'll give to you for the price of three. You got a wheel, you got to do, you got to be a salesman is what you have to do. So me right now with what I do, my station, City of Angels Radio, essentially, it's a it's a drug and alcohol rehabilitation outfit. And what I do with them, they don't give people treatment, but they get people into treatment and they're an all volunteer organization. So I ask people to donate to the City of Angels. And if they do, I make them a sponsor for 30 days. And I've had a lot of people for a couple of years now, same people keep donating at least once a month. I don't care what it is, $5, $10, $150. I've had some donations, you know, almost uh, almost six figures, or not six figures, five figures. So it's possible, four to five figures. Go for it. Do it. I'll make you a sponsor. So that's where... I get the the revenue from that way. And then I get it from my writing and my interviews and my podcasts and which generates some cash. And, and it's, it's coming from multiple sources because it's kind of like a stock portfolio. You have to diversify, but that's the, that's the best thing I've got. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Speaking of your podcast, let's talk about your podcast. Tell us about it. How we can connect with it and what you discuss on well, it. Well, my podcast essentially is the interviews that I, I either have on my radio program, people who call in, or that I use for my columns that I write for my uh, entertainment uh, journalism career. I send them to my editor, uh, and they edit it down to 15 to 20 minutes, max, usually. And then they, they put it up and market it on anchor.fm. Uh, and you can find it there under anchor.fm slash rock on podcast. You can find it on Spotify under rock on podcast, Google podcast on the rock on podcast. So that's, uh, that's the whole thing there. And there, at least there's a revenue stream. There you've got people working to get statistics. So you have people telling you, okay, here's what this age group, they have all these focus groups that listen to your podcast. This way I know what to do, how to improve, what to take out, what to put in. And so far it's working pretty well. Do you have any other projects that you're working on that the listeners need to know about? Every week. Uh, I do. It seems I get all kinds of things handed to me. Uh, some are good, some are bad, some are 
eh, I'm not too sure. <laughs> but at this time, no, I'm, I'm really concentrating on the, the radio programs, the podcast, the writing. That's every, these are things I do every week. Matter of fact, when we are done here this evening, I'm going to go down and begin to uh, start my column, which my deadline is Thursday morning. So I have to put it all together and get it out, uh, transcribe interviews. And some of those interviews, as I said, wind up on my radio program. When I have their on the rare occasion when a guest will cancel on me at the last second or, or back out on me the day of the program. All right, I'll just pull a couple of interviews and then we'll play a bunch of indie music. So that's what I'm focusing on uh, right now. A couple of different little band projects. Like I said, things are in the works, nothing concrete. So, yeah, I'm, a, I'm actually the one thing about this pandemic uh, curve is, is that it's, it's kept me very busy. It really has, because all of a sudden, nobody's touring. Nobody's playing out seven nights a week, or, or there's no music anywhere that people can go see with any consistency. So now people have all kinds of time to talk to me, and it, it's really been refreshing in a way. What advice would you give somebody who's trying to rebuild their life, who has went through a similar situation that you have went through or even worse, what advice would you give them to bounce back like you're doing? Stay focused. Keep your eye. Um, keep your eyes focused. Stay and don't ever quit. And do not ever quit because I'm not going to kid you. I have come close as recently as two weeks ago. <laughs> I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm not getting, sometimes you just feel like you're not getting anywhere and then something will happen. So don't give up. Keep going. Passion requires sacrifice. And if you have passion and you're passionate, well, no matter what it's about, uh, music, uh, golf, uh, you know, basketball, baseball, uh, any kind of sport, playing cards, knitting, if it's what drives you to, to exist, it's what brings you the most pleasure in your life, and you are passionate about it, nothing's free. There will be times you're going to be asked to sacrifice. And at those moments, you either need to sacrifice or maybe that's not your passion. Don't give up. Never give up. Just keep going forward. It's a lonely road sometimes. And you're going to you're going <laughs> to find out who your friends are. That's for sure. Or aren't, as they say. But uh, don't ever give up. That's the best advice I can have. I mean, look at me. As I said, three days from homeless, $17 to my name. I'm in good shape now. And that's great to hear. How can listeners connect with you? Give out those social media links, websites, any way that we can connect with Danny Coleman. Oh, yeah. You can find me online at dannycolemansrockonradio.com or the quick link, DC. ROR.com. And there's links to my YouTube, my Facebook, my Twitter, Instagram. Twitter and Instagram's Rock On Radio, all one word, all capital letters. Uh, Facebook is Danny Coleman's Rock On Radio 2, the number two. And yeah, that's it. And the website, 
dcror.com. Danny Coleman, ladies and gentlemen. Danny, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, Kerbal, thank you so much for having me. I, I appreciate you, man. The pleasure is all mine. And listeners, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share after listening. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.